If you would please remain standing, honor God's word. Let's turn to John chapter 1, verses 35 through 51. You know what I like when these kids leave to go back there? How many kids we got going back to Children's Church? Um, it's a blessing, guys, that we have kids in this church. I'm, I'm very, very thankful for God for that. But John chapter 1... John chapter 1, 35 through 51. Got several verses here, but let's read them. John 1, 35 through 51. It says, The next day again Jesus was standing with two of his disciples, and he looked at Jesus as he walked by and said, Behold, the Lamb of God. The two disciples heard him say this, and they followed Jesus. Jesus turned and saw them following and said to them, What are you seeking? And they said to him, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? He said to them, Come, and you will see. So they came, and he saw where he was staying. And they stayed with him that day, for it was about the tenth hour. One of the two who heard John speak and followed Jesus was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. He found his own brother, Simon, and said to him, We have found the Messiah, which means Christ. He brought him to Jesus. Jesus looked at him and said, You are Simon, the son of John. You shall be called Cephas, which means Peter. The next day, Jesus decided to go to Galilee. He found Philip and said to him, Follow me. Now Philip was from Bethsidia, the city of Andrew and Peter. Philip found Nathanael and said to him, We have found him who Moses and the law and also the prophets wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Nathanael said to him, Can anything good come out of Nazareth? Philip said to him, Come and see. Jesus saw Nathanael coming toward him and said of him, Behold, an Israelite indeed, in whom there is no deceit. Nathanael said to him, How do you know me? Jesus answered him, Before Philip called you, when you were under the fig tree, I saw you. Nathanael answered him, Rabbi, you are the Son of God. You are the King of Israel. Jesus answered him, Because I said I saw you under the fig tree, you believe? You will see greater things than these. And he said to him, Truly, truly, I say to you, you will see heaven opened and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. Let's pray. Father, we thank you, Lord, again uh, today for our worship time that we could gather as brothers and sisters in Christ and worship you. Father, I thank you, Lord, for your word. And there's so much here in these verses that we can learn about who you are and learn about our responsibilities uh, in sharing you with others. Father, we love you. We thank you for sending your son, Jesus, to die for us. In Jesus' name, we do ask it all. Amen. All right, you may be seated. So, guys, we're still going through the book of John. And the intro, once again, I want to do quick reviews a little bit as we go through this. Uh, it's one of the four Gospels in the New Testament uh, that gives accounts of Jesus' life. Uh, the purpose of the book of John, uh, the purpose of the whole thing and going through this whole book and preaching this, and we'll get there eventually, is found in John chapter 20, uh, verses 30 and 31. John 20, 30 and 31 says this, And truly Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written that, ye may, that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you may have life in him. So that, that's the purpose of the book, is so that people can learn who Jesus is, that he's the Son of God and have life in his name. And that's why we're going through this, so people understand who Jesus really is. So we see in, uh, in the book of John seven times that Jesus claims, I am, 
which is equivalent of I am God. Seven miracles, and, and, and we see seven sermons. So a, a quick review of who Jesus is, if you've missed out here. A quick review of what we've went through so far can be found in John chapter 1. Uh, verses 1 through 5, and it says, In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him nothing that, uh, that was made that was made. In Him was life, and the, and the life was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness cannot comprehend it. And the Word, in verse 14, And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we behold his glory. The glory is the only begotten Son of the Father, full of grace. That's who Jesus is. And we talked about that. And that's, guys, I want to go back to this. It's important because that's foundational to what we believe. If you don't believe in John chapter 1, verses 1 through 5 and verse 14, you're not a follower of Christ. That's foundational to who we believe Jesus is, is found in those verses. So after this, we start talking about my, one of my personal favorite uh, guys in Scripture, John the Baptist. And I love John the Baptist because he just tells it like it is. Uh, and and the, how that he was there and he was a witness for Jesus. That he never took any of the glory. He always pointed it towards Christ. And we must do the same thing. In every area of our life, when, we, when we, people start to give us glory and acclaim us, what should we do? Point them to Christ. We should always be pointing people to Christ. So now, what I want to talk about today and in these verses is the response that happens after somebody meets Christ. After somebody has has tasted Christ and seen the Lord and seen the Lord for themselves, what is the natural response? You see this in these verses, all through these verses. We're going to break several of them down. But what's the response? The response should be, i got to tell somebody about this guy. i got to share this guy with other people. I've got to share him. And so guys, listen to me. That should be our natural response. If we're followers of Jesus, if we love him, if we really love him, our natural response should be when I have that relationship, when I'm forgiven, we should want to share it with others. We should want other people to have the same thing that we do. So it brings up a question that I asked this week, and it's, how did you become a Christian? Did somebody stop by your house and knock on your door? Did somebody invite you to come to the church? Did you hear about Christ at a camp, a church camp? Uh, I only say this morning that it's always through God's word that you become a follower of his. But listen, it's our responsibility to bring Christ, to introduce Christ to people. We're going to talk about today. How many of you had a friend that led you to the Lord? Maybe it was your parents at a young age raising you up to follow Christ. Hey, that, guys, listen, there's nothing wrong with an eight, nine-year-old. You're going to see this morning that I met with a couple of boys Wednesday night. There's nothing wrong with kids when they have the knowledge of nine, eight, nine, ten years old coming to faith in Christ and understanding. We want to make sure they understand, but that's why I meet with them. But having the understanding, you know what that means? That means that you're doing a good job as a parent, raising your kids in a Christian home. We want to raise our kids up in a Christian home. Maybe as a co-worker. Now see, so there's a lot of different instances that people come to faith in Christ. But let me say this morning, it's always through being taught God's Word. It's always through God's Word. And listen, this is what John the Baptist does. John the Baptist, our first point this morning is John the Baptist points Jesus. He points Jesus out to his disciples. Now that, listen, I, 
And, and that's in 30, verses 35 through 40 of John chapter 1. Uh, here's the thing. John the Baptist is a pretty famous guy. I mean, people were coming from all around to see him, to hear him preach, to hear him talk. They were coming to be baptized for repentance of their sins. And here's what John the Baptist did. His own main disciples, his own people that were following him as close friends, what did John the Baptist do? He didn't say, hey, this is my group of guys, you stay away. He said, there's the man. He pointed them to them. And so we have to take that into consideration that nothing, this isn't about us. And so what is the first thing, one of the things that John, one of the first things that John the Baptist tells them about Jesus, and we've covered this before. In fact, we covered it last week, but it's important. There's a reason why it's mentioned several times in Scripture. And so we need to mention it several times. And one of those things that he points out is that he is the Lamb of God. And we talked about this last week, like the Passover Lamb in Scripture. That Jesus' death on the cross provides us salvation, forgiveness, and adoption into God's family. That's who he is. He's the Lamb of God who takes away the sin. He's the perfect, ultimate sacrifice. So here's two disciples. They give us one name. Most likely the other one is John, but we're not for sure. But one is Andrew, most, and the other one's most likely John, who start following Jesus. And how do they do this? Through John the Baptist, a preacher, right? Just like a lot of people uh, come to faith in Christ by hearing God's word spoken. Listen, it's not any awesome evangelist. It's not, listen, it's not, the point here is not that the preacher did it. It's the point that he was preaching God's word. You see, so anybody can preach God's word to your fellow co-worker, to your neighbor, so that's how they found Jesus, and many like we do today. So, so these two disciples, in Scripture here, it says they asked Jesus where he was staying. Basically, they were inviting themselves over for dinner. They were basically saying, hey, it's getting in the evening time. Jesus, where are you staying at? Can we hang out with you for a while? Uh, and Jesus, here's what Jesus didn't do. Hey, they were seeking friendship with them, right? If somebody invites themselves over to your house for dinner, what's your, normally your reaction? Well, I guess we got to cook dinner tonight. I mean, if you have a gift, gift of hospitality, which I'm sure some of you do, a spiritual gift, you'll invite them over. Some of you don't have the gift of hospitality. You're like, I got other things to do. We got to come up with a reason not to let them come over, right? Jesus doesn't do that. Jesus says, Come on over. Come and see, right? He says, Come and see. This is what he didn't do. He didn't make them memorize a whole bunch of Bible verses. He didn't make sure that they had every, he didn't learn all the right facts immediately, right? He didn't put unnecessary demands on them. You know what he said? Come and see. Come and see. Come over and hang out with me a while. You know how easy that is? I'm going to get to this here in a minute. I don't want to get ahead of myself. You know how easy it is for us to say, yeah, you know, right now, I don't know everything, but just come and see. Come, come with me. Come with me, right? That, so we should learn that from Christ. So today, just like then, we must be ready. Listen, we, we must be ready to share God's word with people that we interact with. Look at how many Christians there are in the world today. And where did it start? With two guys that John the Baptist pointed to Jesus a long time ago. And now there's like three, I think, let me say this, disclaimer, there's professing three billion Christians in the world, I believe, uh, professing. Make sure we understand that, okay? And I hope you know where I'm going with that. Uh, and we may get to that today, too. But so we must be ready to share about Jesus, all right? We must be ready to share the good news. So that, that brings me up a question. What is the good news? 
So if I fall over, like, let's hope this doesn't happen. Let's fall, I fall over right now, and I'm lost, and I'm dying. What's the good news? What are you going to share with me? That's found in Scripture. Turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. It's found in Scripture. 1 Corinthians 15. First Corinthians 15, verses 1 through 4. I hear our Baptist air conditioning turning right now, so I'm going to slow down, okay? As Ian said this morning, that was great. When you hear Bibles flipping, that's Baptist air conditioning. First uh, Corinthians 15, 1 through 4. This is what it says. Now I remind you, brothers, of the gospel I preach to you what you receive, because gospel means, we say, good news in Scripture, okay? I preach to you what you received and what you stand, verse 2. And by which you are being saved, if you hold fast to the word I preach to you, unless you believed in vain. For I delivered to you, as of first importance, what I also received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with Scripture, that he was buried and raised on the third day in accordance with Scripture. So what's the good news? That Christ died for our sins. That he rose again and defeated death. That's the good news. And that, Crossbridge, is who we must be pointing people to. That's it. Not, well, we have a phenomenal worship team, or we have a phenomenal uh, youth pastor, or we have a great elder board, or the preacher's funny to listen to. We need to point them to Christ. And that's it. And that's the good news. That's so good. And listen, that's the only thing we can point them to. Because if we point them to anything else, we're in trouble. Turn to Galatians chapter 1. Galatians chapter 1, verses 6 through 9. If you tell them anything else besides 1 Corinthians chapter uh, 1 Corinthians 15, 1 through 4, you're in trouble. This is what it says in Galatians 1, 6 through 9. I am astonished that you are so quickly deserting him who called you in the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel. Not that there is another one, but there are some who trouble you and want to distort the gospel of Christ. But if we or I, or if we or an angel from heaven should preach to you a gospel contrary to the one we preach to you, let him be accursed, as we have said here before. So now I say again, if anyone is preaching to you a gospel contrary to the one you received, let him be accursed. Do you understand that there's so many organizations, Christians, that can twist just a little bit of Scripture into a completely different Scripture? Okay? completely different one. We've talked about a lot of them on Wednesday nights. Let me warn you this morning that if you add anything to the shed blood of Christ on the cross, you're not you're using your own works and your own goodness. And it says you're a curse cuz that's not the gospel. In 1 Corinthians 15:1 through 4, what does it say? There's no mention of what we did. There's no mention of baptism being required for salvation. Baptism is obedience and I'm proud of you. It's not required of salvation. The circumcision of his heart already happened. Okay? So anything that we add to that, we're accursed. We're in trouble. Don't think that your goodness or your sincerity means anything. Your goodness and sincerity is only a good thing after you've become a Christian. 
And then that's what we're supposed to do. So we can't change that gospel. That's why it's important that we point people to Christ. I want to point them to the one true God, just like John the Baptist did here. He did the same thing. He says, not about me. Follow Jesus. He's the man, right? He must increase. I must decrease. It's about him, right? What does 1 Peter 3.15 say? Write this down. Oh, Christians, you're, I'm going to get in your kitchens now, okay? 1 Peter 3.15. Always be prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks for a reason for the hope that is in you. Always be ready to make a defense for the reason for the hope that is in you. Hmm. I want to ask us this morning. I want you to ask yourselves this morning. Can you do that? Can you make a defense for the hope that is in you? Can you do that? Listen, if not, if you say, well, I'm just really not for sure. If I walked up to you after church and I said, Mike, dude, I'm lost. Share the gospel with me, brother. As a staff member, he better be ready to share the gospel, right? And I guarantee you he can, right? If I walked up to one of our elders or one of our deacons and I said, share the gospel with me, they better be ready to share the gospel with me. Let me say this morning, if you are a member of this church and you've went through our new member course, you're going through it right now, I'm going to give you a pass until you've went through the course. But listen, you better be able to give a defense of the gospel and the hope that's in you. Because Jesus requires that of us. Can we do that? If you can't, if you say, yeah, I'm not, I don't know. Okay, at least you're being honest this morning. I appreciate that. Now let's evaluate how much time you spend learning about Jesus. How much time do you spend in God's Word? How shameful, of it would be, uh, would, how shameful would it be of me to know the same amount of Scripture and have the same amount of knowledge today that I had 10 years ago? How shameful would that be of me to not spend time in my Word to be able to know Scripture? All right? Listen to me. I believe there's Christians all over that know just as much about Jesus today as they did the day they accepted Christ. And let me say that's shameful. we got to do better. Now, that may not cover anybody in this room, but maybe somebody that's listening online, it does cover, okay? If it covers you, if the shoe fits, let's wear it, let's get better, right? Let's challenge ourselves to grow in our knowledge. But can I give a defense? That is the heart of evangelism, pointing to people to Christ, giving a defense. If I can't, I need to, re- uh, I need to reevaluate myself. Listen, this summer... I plan on going out this summer and sharing the gospel with people in this community. The weather's almost right. I mean, we're almost there, right? I I even hate to use the weather as an excuse. Let's be honest with you. But most people don't want to open their door when it's cold, right? So we take a few months off, too. But when the weather's warm, we're hitting the streets. And I better be able to share the gospel, right? I better be able to share the gospel. So the first point today, today is pointing people to Jesus, Point them to the one true God. Point people to Jesus. Second thing we see here in verse 41 is that Andrew tells Peter about Jesus. Right? If you go back to verse, verses 41 and 42. And, and here we, we learn uh, another of Jesus' titles. Messiah or Christ. So what does it mean that Jesus is the Christ, the anointed one? Turn to Luke chapter 4 verses 18. Luke 4.18, 
Guys, I got a lot of stuff this morning. So Super Bowl's tonight, so I'm just sorry for a few minutes over today. We got a lot of stuff. It's just good stuff. So bear with me, all right? Luke 4.18. This is Jesus speaking here. I'm going to break this verse down too. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed. That was Jesus speaking there, okay? That was why he was sent, right? Now let's break this verse down because this could possibly be to some people who've never broken this down and, and, and look, this may be a little confusing here. But it goes to the heart of what we're talking about. So what does he say? The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. What does that mean? Does that mean that Jesus is supposed to just go and preach to poor people? No. It means that Jesus was going to, to speak to people who were poor at heart, poor in spirit. Who recognized their need for a Savior. Who were poor in spirit. Who were broken. Who knew. Listen. Jesus dealt with proud people all the time. And he didn't. He had disdain for them. He called them evil. You know what it means to be poor? It means that you know I'm guilty. That I violated God's law. I violated his commands. I'm guilty. And there's nothing I can do. And I'm, I'm a poor, miserable person. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for they will inherit the kingdom of God. That's exactly what he's talking about there. They're poor in spirit. Okay? He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. Remember when you were saved? Remember when you accepted Christ as your Savior, Christians? You remember? You remember what you were? You were broken. You were brokenhearted. You realized who you were in relation to God. That you were a sinner. You'd violated His commands. And your head was down. Just like in Scripture, when Matthew says, Lord... I can't completely quote the verse right now, not in my notes, but he says, Be merciful to me, for I'm a sinner. And his head's down. That's brokenhearted. Knowing that you're guilty, you violated. That's who Jesus came for. Not somebody that says, Oh, I do this and I do that. And I'm good. I have goodness. The brokenhearted. Listen, to proclaim liberty to the captives. You know who he's talking about? Everybody. Because before you're a follower of Christ, you're a captive. You're in a jail cell of sin. You're captive of the sin. And Jesus says what in the next part? Proclaim liberty to the captives. That there's freedom. There's freedom from sin. That's what he's talking about. Recovery of the sight to the blind. You know what it means in Scripture when he talks about being spiritually blind? Spiritually blind, you don't know. You're just, you're, you're walking around. A lot of times you think you have it all figured out and you're blind. You're blind. And Jesus comes and says, I have a way to give you sight, spiritual sight. People that recognize, once again, and the last part, to set at liberty those who are oppressed. Talking about people that are oppressed physically? No, we're talking about people who are oppressed spiritually. They're dead in their sin. They're dying. And he says, I've come to preach liberty, freedom. Galatians what? 5.1, there's freedom in the Lord. right? That's what Jesus did. So Andrew tells Peter about his brother Jesus here. And Andrew isn't a famous disciple. 
He's not, there's not mentioned a whole lot in Scripture, but he is the one who brought Peter to Jesus. And who did Peter become? The rock who I'm going to build my church upon. And the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Right? It all started because Andrew brought Peter to Jesus. Listen to me. I, we don't know. When we're sharing the gospel, you may be sharing the gospel with the next evangelist that goes and takes this message across the world. And it's up to your obedience. You being obedient sharing the word. And what did Andrew say? We found Jesus. That's it. And he took him to Jesus. Jesus is here to change people's lives. And he gives Peter a nickname here. The Rock. The Rock. When we meet Jesus, guys, we must. We have to have an urgency to share him with people. We need to get busy talking to people about Christ. Now, let me ask you this morning. Right now, how many of you right now know someone who is lost? Right now. Right now. Let's be honest this morning. Raise your hand. If you know somebody who's lost this morning, raise your hand. Okay. I'm seeing about everybody in our congregation raise their hand, right? Now, I don't want to embarrass us today, and I need to raise two hands on this. But how many of you invited that person to Jesus? In the last year, how many of you have invited that person to come to Crossbridge? Come and see and hear the word, right? Hopefully everybody, right? Now I know, I know, we're growing as a church, but we didn't double in size last year, okay? So what does that mean? We got work to do. We got work to do. We got work to do. Why? Hey, Friday night in A, I told you I was going to bring this up. How many of us know people that have addiction problems who are caught in a life of addiction? Maybe you're not, but you need to take a Friday night and bring that person to class and support them and show them that there's freedom in Christ that you can be found. We have examples all over this room of people. Listen, we have the answers. We need to share it. Why don't we, though? Why don't we? Why don't we? You know why? There's one word, and Satan loves this word, and he wants you to be ashamed. He wants you to be quiet. He doesn't want you to spread the word. Luke chapter 9, 23 through 26. Luke 9, 23 through 26 says, And he said to all, If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. For what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses or forfeits himself? For whoever is ashamed of me and my words, of him will the Son of Man be ashamed. Whew. That's tough. That's tough this morning. That's tough from God's word this morning. Hey, it's hard today, Crossbridge. That's hard. But are we really serious about this guy named Jesus? Are we serious? Let me say this morning. I'm not trying to beat you up. I'm talking to myself. Am I really serious? Am I picking up my cross daily and following him with people that I know? Or am I just embarrassed or ashamed? Listen, we're, we're not, it's not that I'm saying we're not doing a good job. We're doing a good job in a lot of areas. But listen, if we're content, if you're, if you're content with where we're at, we're going to go backwards. Okay? We have to be growing. We have to continue to grow. How many people 
Hey, it's, it's, it's not just my responsibility to share Christ. It is my responsibility, but it's ours. As a group, it's all of ours. How many people have came to the knowledge of Christ? Not even that. How many people have came to Crossbridge this year because you invited them? How many people? So we have work to do. Second point was Andrew tells Peter about Jesus. All right, third. Third. The following day, verse 43, the following day, Jesus wanted to go to Galilee, and he found Philip and said to him, Follow me. Now Philip was from Bethsaida, the city of Andrew and Peter. So Jesus calls Philip to follow him. Now this is a different encounter. He goes and he finds Philip. Hmm. Now sometimes in Scripture... As we see with the Apostle Paul, Jesus revealed himself directly to people, right? Just like he did with, with Saul of Tarsus on the road, right? Today, there's no physical manifestation of Christ that you're going to see like he did with Paul. You know how people are going to get today? By his complete word, by the word of God. We find Christ today through God's word and through the Holy Spirit and dwelling, working through God's word. That's why it's important that we have God's Word. See, it's the thing, it's, it's what does it. That's why it's so important that we teach it, that we preach it. Turn to Romans chapter 10. Romans 10, 13, 13 through 17. Everyone knows Romans 10, 13. We're going to keep reading, though. Romans 10, starting 13. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. That's exciting stuff. Now let's get into the meat. 14. How then will they call on him if whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in him of whom they have never heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? And how are they to preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. But they have not obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed what he has heard from us. So faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. That's a parallel scripture of Isaiah 52, 7. That's why it's important. People aren't going to have saving knowledge of Christ. Your family is going to die in their sins unless somebody preaches to them. The least you can do is invite them to church. The most that you can do is share the gospel with them yourself and not rely on the preacher all the time or the elders. You do it. That's why it's important that we grow in our faith. That's why it's important that we keep growing. We must be ready to share the gospel. We must be ready to point people to Christ. Beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. It's not just talking about preachers. Listen, because honestly, I'm going to tell you guys this morning, I don't do a lot here, all right? I, I, I do, I spend most of my time focused on trying to study and read God's Word so I can deliver this message. The legwork here is done by you all, and I appreciate that. And you're doing a good job. But let's aim even higher. Let's keep going. Third point, Jesus calls Philip to follow him. Fourth and last one, Philip tells his friend Nathanael about Jesus. Philip found Nathanael and said to him, We have found him of whom Moses and the law and also the prophets wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. And Nathanael said to him, Can anything good out of, come out of Nazareth? Philip said to him, Come and see. So Philip goes and finds one of his friends here. And he says, I found Jesus. Nathanael is skeptical. You're telling me that God came from a backwater 
hick town of like Nazareth? I mean, you're telling me that? He's skeptical. He doesn't know. Guys, we're going to deal with people that are skeptical all the time. It's not our job to try to figure out who's saved and who's not. Our job is just to tell them. Let the Holy Spirit do the rest of the work. So here's the deal. Stop worrying about the results. Stop worrying about the results. Go back to Jeremiah. I mean, if you look, you don't have to. We're not going to read the scripture. But Jeremiah, look at the book of Jeremiah. Jeremiah was a prophet that had basically a 40-year time period for the nation of Israel. And he was called and taught to teach them and preach to them. And let me tell you this morning, if you read the book of Jeremiah, Jeremiah got zero results. They put him in jail. I mean, they beat him. He got zero results. He was one of the most successful prophets of all time, and he got zero results. Why? Because he was obedient. He didn't worry. He didn't worry about any of that. He did it for 40 years. Let me ask you this morning. How many of you, if your whole life, you never saw one person saved and come to Christ, would you continue to share the word? That's a question we need to ask ourselves this morning. If you never saw any of the fruit, we're not, we're not called to bear the fruit. We're called to plant the seeds, right? So how many of you would continue to do that? That challenged me this week. I mean, I love seeing baptisms. I love seeing new Christians. You know how hard it would be to be Jeremiah, to go for 40 years and preach God's word and never see a result? You see, Jeremiah just said, I'm just going to be obedient to God. And I'm just going to preach the gospel. I'm going to do what I'm supposed to do, and I'm going to be obedient. How many times do we get worried about numbers? How many were here? How many are saved? It's great. It's great when people come to faith in Christ. But our job is to be obedient sharing. That's it. It's all you're called to do. Share the good news. Share the good news. Don't worry about anything else. Just share the good news. So we do that. Do we do that? Philip doesn't try to convince him either. He simply says, come and see. Once again, come and see. When you invite your friends to come to Christ, or you invite them to church, you invite them to come worship with us, you don't have to have all the answers. Just invite them to come and see. Invite them to come and see. Verse 47, Jesus saw Nathanael coming towards him, and he said of him, Behold, an Israelite indeed, in whom is no deceit. Nathanael said to him, How do you know me? Jesus answered and said to him, Before Philip called you, when you were under the fig tree, I saw you. That was symbolic of him being under a fig tree. That represents that he was possibly praying or reading the scriptures. Right In four, verse 49, Nathanael answered and said to him, Rabbi, you are the Son of God. You are the King of Israel. Jesus answered him and said to him, Because I said to you, I saw you under the fig tree, do you believe? You will see greater things than these. And he said to him, Most assuredly, I said to you, Hereafter you shall see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and de- descending on the Son of Man. Because of this amazing word of knowledge that Jesus gives him, Nathaniel puts his faith in Christ. Now we have two more titles, the Son of God, the King of Israel. And what is Jesus' response? <laughs> You ain't seen nothing yet, bud. You ain't seen nothing yet. Let me tell you, the longer you stay in the Word and the longer your knowledge increases about who Christ is, you ain't seen nothing yet. Don't stop. Don't stop. Donnie, I'm not picking on you. You're a new follower of Christ. Don't stop, brother. Don't stop. Listen, if you've been a Christian for 40 years and you don't know any more about Christ than you did the day you were saved, get with it. 
It's, we can't go back and change the last 40 years, but don't stop now. Grow. Grow in our knowledge of his. So in summary this morning, John the Baptist points out Jesus as the Lamb of God, and, do, and two disciples follow Jesus. Andrew tells his brother, Peter, about the Messiah, and Peter follows Jesus. Jesus calls Philip. Philip tells Nathaniel about Jesus. Jesus says, come and see. Wow. What are we supposed to do? Point him to Jesus. That can summarize this whole message. Point him to Jesus. Share the gospel and point him to Jesus. So in closing this morning, are you a seeker? Are you a skeptic? Let me say this morning, come and see. Come and see. Come and see. Are you a Christian? Do you have Christ as your personal Lord and Savior? If so, tell others to come and see. Mark 16, 15, last scripture. Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. All of us have been given that commission. What are we doing with it? What are we, do with, what are we going to do with it? Pray for your friends. This morning we're going to have an invitation. I'm going to ask you to stand. This morning we're going to play a worship song this morning. If you're here, listen, I want to challenge you this morning to pray right now. Right now, either in your seats, at the altar, I'm going to ask you to worship and pray for the people that you know in your life that don't know Christ. That God will give you an opportunity to share with them this week to come and see. And that you will have the strength to not be ashamed of the gospel, but to be bold, to be bold. And here this morning... That if you're here and your knowledge is the same as it was 10 years ago, that God's word this morning has challenged you to grow in your faith. If you are here this morning and you have the biblical knowledge and you're not using it, that you come and you say, I need to disciple somebody. I need to get involved with sharing the knowledge that God's given me through his word. That's what it's about. It's about raising up new Christians. If you're here this morning... You need to be a follower of Christ. The Holy Spirit's reached you. God's word has reached you. I say the scripture says today is the day of salvation. Don't wait till tomorrow. Get up here. Get on your knees. I'll pray with you. We'll meet. We'll talk. So I, I make sure you have an understanding. And you can today cry out to the Lord to forgive you of your sins. If you're here this morning, you need to join this body of believers. You've been coming for a long time, but you know what? You're not plugged in. And you need to join this body, this church. Make that commitment today. It's about obedience. It's about commitment. It's not easy. I'm saying it's not easy being a member of Crossbridge. It's not supposed to be. It's not easy for me being the pastor. Trust me. Right? It's okay. We're serving the king. I want to ask you today to make that commitment. Let's pray. Father, I thank you, Lord, this morning again for your word. So challenging this week for me. Uh, Father, I know it's probably challenging this morning for our congregation, and I like that. I thank you that your word is active and alive, sharp. And it cuts us. Father, I ask this morning, Lord, that the people that were cut today, that they will be obedient to getting on their knees and crying out to you. Father, that the Christians this morning that were cut will be obedient this morning and saying, I can do more. I can do more to serve the kingdom. Lord, I love you. I thank you for sending your son, Jesus, to die for us. Lord, let us never take any of the glory. Let nothing about your gospel message involve anything with us. Let us be obedient and always pointing people to you and your son. We love you and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's sing this morning. Haven't sang this song in a while. It's a good one.
his praises one day when sin was as black as could be Jesus came forth to be born of a virgin dwelt among men my example is he the word became flesh and the light shined among us his glory Rising, he justified, freely for. 
greatest praises One day when sin was as black as could be Jesus came forth to be born of a virgin Dwelt among men, my example is he The word became flesh and the light shined among us His glory Justified, freely for. 
Kreska and Wes to come up here this morning. I want to say to you this morning, if you're a visitor, uh, here at Crossbridge, um, hopefully you didn't put anything on the crock pot this morning. It may be burned. We don't really worry about that, okay? Uh, when we get going, we're just going to go. Uh, I also want to say this morning as they come up here, um, I didn't mention this earlier and I want to. I want you to be in prayer for Alan Donaldson, his family. He lost his mom. Uh, he's probably going to get after me for saying this, but I want you to pray for them. He lost his mom. She's a Christian. She's in heaven. So that's rejoicing that we can have. It's tough, though. I mean, pray, so pray for them and their family also this morning, as well as everyone that's sick. Uh, Wes and Jessica have come this morning, and guys, you've seen them around for a while, uh, but last week, uh, me and him talked on the phone, and they've been visiting this church, and he said, you know what, we need to jump in, and we need to get plugged in. This guy uh, is going to be a huge asset, both of them. Uh, he is very, very talented musically. Um, so I know we'll see some stuff out of them from that. There's other areas where I know they're going to plug in in the children's department. Uh, a, back in the back, here you go. Um, so I, I'm excited. They got kids. I've known them a long time, uh, and I appreciate you guys. I'm very proud of you all coming uh, to Crossbridge. They're both followers of Christ and have been saved and baptized. So we want to welcome them into our church family this morning. Uh, I also know uh, Corey and Trichelle have two boys that aren't here this morning. We're going to be seeing them. Uh, as you all know, last uh, Wednesday I announced, he announced, I should say, that he had accepted Christ as a Savior, one of the, one of the boys, and the other one needs to be baptized. So uh, the baptistry is going to stay wet up here, and I like that. So, hey, guys, I'm sorry. It's 1125. Hopefully your crockpots didn't burn, but it's important stuff this morning. Amen. It's important stuff. So I want to read our benediction. Then I want you guys to stay up here. I want you to come around this morning and welcome them into this church family this morning. So our benediction is found in 1 Timothy 1.17. It says this, To the King of ages, immortal, invisible, the only God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. Josh, would you close us in prayer? Come around and make them welcome.